Creative Listening episode 16. Ah, I thought I'd do something different. Because, um, as we joked earlier, Luke Laris, are you, are you here? Um, our podcast needs to get its driver's license. Yeah, I don't know. I've, we've been policing around on the internet with a permit, but now yeah. it's time to let this puppy fly. Mm-hmm. I am Chris Berkheimer, one of your hosts. Luke Laris is here, naturally. Maybe. Because we're co-hosts. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'm here. Maybe I'm not. No. And uh, joining us for uh, all three segments... Oh, I'm Murad. <laughs> I like Murad gets nervous talking on mic. He's urinating right now, and uh, so I like you're cleaning up. Do you not know me clean. that? <laughs> All right, he's not peeing himself. Okay, it was he's, a joke. He's mentally peeing himself. He's mentally. He's mentally urinating. Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Episode sixteen: Mental urination. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe. That's when we talk about Michael Bay movies, maybe. Because <laughs> um, that's what his movies are. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, so this episode uh, is going to be kind of dedicated to um, the review of Superman Unbound, um, which, if you want to watch that one, it's a new DC Direct movie. and um, But also, this will be our first episode dealing with our um, cartoon movie marathon. There we go. Had a I had a brain urine there, um, so we're going to talk about our first movie in the marathon, which is GI Joe Resolute, and that'll be in segment two. But first, in segment one, I was hanging out with Luke today, and I said, "Luke, there's a lot of movies coming out this summer. There is, and we've already talked about quite a few movies, and we're doing a movie marathon. Yes, we are. So, Luke, I don't remember exact my exact wording, but I said." In segment one, can we just talk about anything but movies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we so, just talked about movies. Yeah. We just, um, yeah, we did. <laughs> because we recorded segment three before segment one today. Spoiler. Because um, <laughs> Jack Bynum had to go. But uh, oh, I meant just now. We just <laughs> talked about talking about movies. Oh, we talked. It's true. Well, no more talking about movies <laughs> until segment two. Okay. <laughs> and I have a few kind of new segments or uh, one new story that I want to bring up. Actually, two. Um, and they are movie-related, but they're not – you'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys. Uh, they're, they're very online-related, so I think you'll be interested in this, Lucas. I'm sure you've heard of both of these things, or at least one of them. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to ask you guys what you've been up to that's not movie-related. What's, what's, uh, how are we gearing up for summer? So, <laughs> Luke, play, play games. Definitely. Yeah, Luke's yeah. – Luke, are there any new games that like you're head over heels okay. about? Or well, um, I got I bought a game yesterday called mm-hmm. From Dust. It's by this company I think called Bioware. Yeah, I've heard and, of them, and it is terrible. Oh, well, the game itself, I want to love the game, but yeah. I can't love the game because the game and like the, the the whole port is terrible. Okay, is it a shooter? Is it a no. strategy? What is it? Well, basically you. Uh, you're working as this thing called the Breath. You're basically the god for this um, nomad tribe. Okay. And you pick up dirt and move it around. That's pretty much all. That it sounds is. awful. It, well, it, it looks <laughs> it looks amazing. But okay. The problem is because it looks amazing, it's slow as crap. Ah. And there it, is. it has no options to make it look uglier. See, so that's be- why I always Luke and I have this debate. I'm a substance over style guy. Luke likes. Luke wants everything to look and sound as impressively as it can. Well, it, I wish it could sound as impressively yes. as it can, but I also like smooth, um, flowing movement. Right. So, yeah. you know. But see, I don't mind popping in an NES game every once in a while because I love the characters and the story or just whatever, or just the nostalgia of I, it. I don't mind yeah. that. At okay. least that runs smoothly. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> and if it's broken, blow in the cartridge. Everybody yeah, knows yeah. that. Dadoa, even my mom knows that. 10 FPS, <laughs> just blow it. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Anything else, Luke? TV shows? I need to start watching lately. TV shows. Luke, you're not to give anything. Well, um, be- I don't know how much you want to say, but not to give anything away, but uh, you don't really get a summer break from schoolwork. No, do you? I don't. Yeah, that stinks. No, yeah, it, yeah, it really does. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wish I could just yeah. live somewhere. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Luke, actually, something I think worth mentioning. You've been on a bit of a job hunt. Got yeah, an yeah, interview. Yeah, I got an interview yeah. this morning at our local grocer. 
Yeah. I love saying grocer. <laughs> had to put together a commercial with just a box and some food items. And two girls. Can I yep. mention two girls? Uh, you know. Makes it a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Yet they made you the star of the commercial kind of, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yeah, that's they weird. Why didn't you just put a chick there? Uh-huh. Were they ugly? No. Okay. Oh, ah, that's right. Hey, living in San Marcos, I bet they weren't ugly. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Uh, yeah, so we've got some personal stuff going on. Murad, I know you've, um, you have, uh, achieved a recent success, if you know what I'm talking about. You're done with finals. One. Oh, yeah. You're done with finals. For the semester. Yes, for the semester. Yeah. But it was nice. A lot of, a lot of writing. Yeah. Five and a half essays. That was fun. In fact, right before Iron Man 3, that's when you finished. That was our celebration. Yes, it was. You were done with finals. It's a good celebration. It was. Yeah. It was a mighty fine time. Um, I've been, well, been trying to sleep, but, uh, I've been gearing up for a couple things for camp, for uh, a missions trip. I'm going to the Philippines this year. Uh, Bethany and I are, and but along with that, just in this time I have, I have I've had a little bit of downtime, or at least time to read. Um, I've been reading quite a few comics, and um, I read the Iron Man Extremist storyline. The movie's based on. I finished that. It was pretty good. Um, only one person with the extremist power in that comic, though. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, kind of worked out. Um, but they did do something cooler with the suit. They actually made it where Tony infused extremists into oh, the yes, suit. I read about that. Did you hear he, about? He, yeah, he can grow armor. Yeah, he can grow stuff. armor. That was amazing. It's pretty cool. Um, he looks like Neo from the Matrix. He's got all these holes where just armor comes. Out That's of. amazing. It's pretty crazy. Um, and uh, I wanted to plug um, a comic book. Very rare one that I think you can find on Amazon for pretty cheap and stuff, but uh, not well known. It's called Delicate Creatures by J. Michael Straczynski, who wrote um, he wrote a lot of Thor stuff that the movie was based on, but he famously wrote Babylon 5 every episode except for one, which that series went like six seasons. So it's quite a few episodes of TV. Yeah. Um, and Delicate Creatures is kind of this adult fairy tale thing, which I'm always interested in, and fa- fairy tales that are more geared towards adults. And I have not finished it, but I hear it has an amazing twist ending. So I'm looking forward to it. So that's been cool. Um, been watching. I, I'm going to do a actually a, a segment too on this one day. The 30 for 30 documentaries on. They're not really movies. They're documentaries. Uh, I guess you, whatever. But Mira had seen a few of them, and they're good. I don't like sports that much, and they're interesting documentaries. Oh, sports. Okay. Yeah. They're made by ESPN, but Luke, there's a few of them I could show you that I think you would really get into. Really? Just because they're fascinating stories. Oh, right. um, I want to say a few of them won awards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They if won some awards. If it's more than just some young boy with the dream to become a well, football player. Well, like one of one, one I haven't watched yet that I'm looking forward to is called Broke, and it's about how most major, especially NFL athletes, since their bodies just deteriorate so quickly when they first get in the NFL that – uh, after three or four years, they're out, and they had all this money that they were not used to, so they spent it all. So by age thirty, they're flat broke. Oh wow! Um, so I'm interested in seeing that. That, that, yeah. that see is exactly a lot of it's about that kind of stuff. Okay. So good. a lot of it's not about the sport itself. It's more about um, what's the phrase in theater? The real drama happens behind the curtain. It's mm-hmm. it's all the stuff that ha- a lot of it's the stuff that happens off the field. That's pretty interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, what else? I've been wanting to reread some C.S. Lewis because I recently taught a class on it, which was fun. Till we have faces. Mira, you read a lot of Tolkien, but you haven't read a lot of Lewis, have you? I haven't. I don't think I've read mm-hmm. anything Lewis. Oh, man. You haven't read Narnia? No, I've seen the movies. Oh. You have, you've just seen the movies? Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Which I know, I know. Books are always, or most cases, better. But Well, definitely with Narnia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I could have an argument with myself all day, though, about whether the Tolkien books or the movies are better, actually. For Lord of the Rings. Rings. Yeah, for Um, Lord of the Rings. I can argue about The books are way better. I could argue with myself about that one. (laughs) I have mixed feelings. Because you you don't read those books. Yeah, that's what I do in the middle of the night. (laughs) So I haven't been sleeping lately. And... Gosh, there were a few other things I want to talk about, but I I think that pretty well covers it. And let's, let's do these... Two news stories real quick. The first one, I think Luke and Murad, I think both of you will know something about. There's been some debate on Kickstarter lately 
about especially Zach Braff, star of Scrubs, did a Kickstarter, and he's a millionaire, mm-hmm. and he was asking for money to make an independent movie. Why? I, exactly. Um, but here's the thing. Kickstarter actually responded to what was going on there Kick- and being like – Official Kickstarter? Yeah. Okay. They officially – the official Kickstarter responded to people – Send in their hate mail, and it's true. It's a free country, so you can give money to whatever you want. Yeah. You really can. If you don't like but it. But that also gives me the right to say you're a moron for giving a millionaire money, especially yeah. when it's Zach Braff. Because I'm not a Scrubs fan. I didn't think Garden State. I thought Garden State was way overrated, and he just annoys the crap out of me. So to see him on screen, I'm not going to give any money towards that. Yeah. And if you're one of our listeners and you're a big fan, you can laugh all the way to, well, as you – Give money on Kickstarter to Zach Graff. You can laugh the whole time because my wife is a huge fan of Scrubs. So, um, yeah, such is life, right? But, I mean, yeah, Luke, you, you said it. Why would you do that? Yeah. Um, now, but here's the, the flip side. Miran, have you heard anything about this? Is this news to you? I don't you? even know what Kickstarter is. Okay, Kickstarter is – it raises money for whatever sort of creative projects well, – it's uh, yeah, Luke can it's where it anyone can go and start a project. Mm-hmm. They usually make a, a pretty uh, interesting video about it, and then it's called crowdsourcing. And everybody yeah. donates money to get this project going. They usually have rewards for certain tiers of or amounts of money you donate. And well, let me give some examples. I've seen inventions on there, comic books, yeah. independent films, um, games. like games, games uh, mostly, computer actually. programs. Yeah, a lot of games, a, a lot of games and comics actually. Yeah. I noticed. Um, and for example, something I have given money to on there is um, it's called the Intergalactic Nemesis, which is a live graphic novel thing that Bethany and I saw. And I mainly did it for the perks because it got me tickets to like an exclusive show. Nice. So if I gave over thirty dollars, I got tickets to that. Yeah. Um, but if I gave like a hundred dollars, then I would get stuff autographed by everybody and that kind of stuff. So Zach Braff, like I think if you gave like five thousand dollars to his movie, he would have lunch with you, that kind of yeah. stuff or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, which <laughs> maybe if I had five thousand dollars, give him. Pay it, meet him, and be like, you're awful. You're an awful man. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> By the way, well, I canceled I that money. check. Yeah, I know. He'd be like, yeah, I've got your money, whatever. <laughs> but um, it, it, I don't think – some people are arguing, Luke. What do you, what do you think of this? Some people think it's going to burst the bubble on crowdsourcing. Do you uh, think this kind of stuff will do that? I don't think so. I don't I either. Think, um there's been a lot of terrible projects in the past oh, yeah. that have been on there. So, you know, but the difference is now you've got somebody that arguably does not need the money. Yeah. And well, nobody, it's not like the people that are given money towards this film. Cause mm-hmm. normally a producer, a lot of times a film producer will invest some of his own money in a movie yeah. and then get what's called a return when mm-hmm. the movie makes money back. Nobody is going to get that from yeah. this new movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is not criminal, but, I mean, I just feel bad for people that are given – look, I can understand. I loved Garden State. I really want them to make this. Here's 10 bucks. Yeah. I can kind of understand that. But $100? No. I mean, no. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. Um, now, what people are saying, of course, is let's do a Kickstarter for Firefly. Yes. Um, that would be amazing. Let's do a Kickstarter for the Veronica Mars movie, which is the other one that has taken place and made its money. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's different on Veronica Mars – They've tried to make a movie out of it before, and the studio – there's no studio that wants to give the amount of money they think they'll need to make the movie. So people said, we'll raise it because that's how bad we want to see the movie. And with a property that people already know, and um, since nobody else is going to make it, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm more okay with that. But somebody just being a millionaire and say, hey, give me some money so I can make this project – I don't like it. Well, and the flip side of that is that is how millionaires become millionaires. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> they they uh, they don't just throw money at whatever. They yeah. they, they they become misers and they yeah. hold all that money and that's what happens. Yeah. So um, if I were a millionaire, that would be a pretty smart thing to do. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's not a, no, a decent move on his part, but I am going to call him a jerk. Yeah. I, I have to agree there. That yeah. is pretty dumb. <laughs> Mirad disagrees. I, I don't know what to think. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, let's let's talk about this other one. Do you guys know who Steven Soderbergh is? No. He's a director who is one of those directors that is very outspoken about his profession. Um, you know, he's 
he is uh, he appears in documentaries about directings and and film and all that kind of stuff. And um, he was on Clean Flicks, for example. He he was one of the people who spoke in that documentary. Oh, cool. And Soderbergh, um, just to give you an idea, he made all the Oceans movies, 11, 12, and 13. Um, I like a lot of his work. He's done some really obscure stuff, too. But overall, I think he's a pretty talented director. He gave a speech. Uh, I can't remember where it was. And I read the whole thing online because he made some really great points about the state of cinema and movies because he has he dis, has a distinguished um, or a distinction rather in between cinema and movies. He says movies are what you go see at the theater that are bright, that are flashy, that are fun. Cinema can be a commercial, can be something you make in your house. It's something that's well shot and has an art behind it. So he he kind of is arguing that not all movies are art, but he started the speech with this great story, and I I agree with him on a lot of his points. I don't like all of his politics, but um, what he says about film is usually pretty spot on. He said he was on a plane, and a guy, it sounded like, he didn't say the movie, but it sounded like it was Avengers. A guy sat on the plane, took out his iPad, and skipped through Avengers only watching the action scenes. And he said it was like a middle-aged guy, and it was a long flight, so he had time to watch the whole movie, but he just watched the action scenes and then like put the iPad away, right? Wow. And Soderbergh said, is this what we've come to? I like, hope not. I, I hope not either. I mean, it hurt. And so he goes, he went on to just talk about, um, you know, how much flash, how much patience do we have and, and how much flash do we need in our movies? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a difficult thought, and it's not like I don't like summer blockbusters, but um, you know, and Soderbergh realizes he says about himself, he's like, I'm a middle aged man who makes movies, so I'm gonna have a different opinion about it. And you know, he said most movies are made for 13 year old boys. If you don't know that, um, the target market for most movies is 13 year old males. Um, I gotta agree yeah. there, um, and it literally is like. That's an open known thing. Oh, okay. Um, most studios will tell you, yeah, that's exactly who we try to gear most things for, um, because they do repeat viewings and um, something else. Oh, they Different. see movies in groups. Oh yeah. Um, so multiple people repeated a number of times. More money. Um, more sense. money. More money. Yeah. Um, and their parents have expendable money, and it's harder to get adults to the theater. Um, that's one way to get those theaters, and you, yeah, you and that's one way. To, and so the yeah. mom has to take them. Well, and that's why so Pixar on. is a license to print money. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much is. Um, but he he just went on to you know talk about some of that, and at the end, I wanted to bring up this interesting story. At the end, uh, he said, "This has got to be a long time ago." Um, he was asked by somebody, "Hey, will you watch this movie? Nobody, uh, I need you to recommend it to people." Because it's winning all sorts of awards at festivals, but nobody will buy it. So he saw it. He loved it. The movie was called Memento. Have you seen that, Murad? It sounds familiar. I don't Have you seen, seen it, it? Luke? No. Or heard of it? Um, it's one of Christopher Nolan's first movies, um, starring oh, Guy wow. Pierce, actually from Iron Man Three, the bad wow. guy. And it's a movie. All it's super cerebral. Um, it's it's R. In fact, I want to say it's hard R. It's been a while since I've seen it. But what it's known for is it tells the story in different fragments. Some of them are playing forwards and then some of them are behind that moment. So it's all, it's a guy that has basically no short term memory. So you piece it together and then at the end it crisscrosses basically and explains everything that's going on. It's that's, very that's amazing. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke, you, I think you would be doing backflips if you saw this movie. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> Soderbergh basically says he saw it, he loved it, and, of course, eventually it became this hit, and you have Christopher Nolan. So he was saying, you know, maybe things aren't as bad as I think. It's just that um, right now the film industry seems to be in a place where uh, even our adults are going to sit on the plane and only watch the action scenes. Um, <laughs> Mirad's just shaking his head. He Sad day. If, if you, the story, if, from my, my point of view, or my opinion, the story is the best thing that happens in a movie. You can take yeah. out all the action, but if you don't have a story in a movie, then 
I don't want to watch it. Yeah. yeah. If, if you like action that much, then just go watch all three Transformers movies well, yeah. on repeat. Well, and that's why a lot of – that's why a lot of the, the common viewer doesn't hate Michael Bay but maybe isn't he isn't their favorite. But that's why a lot of artists really, really hate Michael Bay. Yes. Is because they see a complete – Waste. Uh, waste of, of art. And and actually, Soderbergh made an interesting point, too, about – he said in Ocean's 13, it cost him $60,000 a week to run the electricity for the casino scenes in that movie. And so, you know, he was saying, does film even really matter at all? Because could I have just used that <laughs> – it was actually pretty cool what he did. He said, could I have used that money to – like pay for an electricity bill of some small village that has no electricity, you know, oh, it's yeah. like, and then, and then what would they do? Well, I guess they would be entertained by oceans 13. So I guess I need that money, <laughs> you know, and he just kind of talks about like, you know, the, does film really matter? What he, he made a great point too about, you know, Shakespeare can't cure cancer. That's not exactly what he said, but that was the idea. So what is the point of art? Well, he boils it down to, you can't stop art, so might as well. Some people might as well make it, um, and I think that's true in in the film industry. Is we're not going to stop movies, so we should at least try and make good movies. Yeah, you know. Um, and part of this was a rebuttal to. I don't know if y'all heard about this thing. This um, was not as well advertised. In fact, I didn't even retweet the story. I should have. Um, a professor has come up with a program. That basically takes a script and analyzes it and tells you the probability of it making money based upon things like movies. Here's an age-old example. In Back to the Future, they originally wanted a monkey to be Doc Brown's um, helper or whatever. Remember, it's a dog named Einstein. Um, Originally wanted a monkey. Well, the studio executive said, movies with monkeys never seem to make money, money, so make it a dog because movies with dogs do make money. (laughs) Wow. So basically, this is the that story on steroids. It's if your script has a shark eating a man in half, they might tell you, um, yes, we like that because movies with sharks make money. (laughs) But um, it can't have a scene like – you know, it can't have a scene where they eat waffles in the morning because here's a script. Here's six scripts with waffles, people eating waffles in the morning that didn't do well. I mean, that's the kind of stuff it looks at. And wow. so, so basically it's script, it's story through statistics, which is awful. That is. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, I, I don't mind the idea of people coming, people saying, you know, well, that's not a good idea because it doesn't do well and people don't understand it. But, um, at some point, you just have to say, I need to tell this story the way it needs to be told. And sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. Um, do both of you know what a focus group is? Yes. Okay. Soderbergh, of course, talks a lot about focus groups and how just stuff, um, doesn't test well that ends up being something really famous. You know, mm-hmm. um, and here's how dumb focus groups and studio executives can be. Um, there's a movie out there called uh, Time Bandits, uh, directed by Terry Gilliam, who did a lot of the Monty Python stuff. Mm-hmm. And spoiler for huge spoiler for Time Bandits at the end of the movie. But this is so random. It's almost not a spoiler. At the end of the movie, the kid comes home and his parents explode. Okay, I mean, just like in a comical, <laughs> yes, okay, he comes back from his time-traveling adventure and his parents pretty much just explode, okay, because they hadn't thought of an ending yet, okay, so that's just what Terry Gilliam did for fun, okay, well, people sarcastically put, I really like the part where the parents explode, well, the executive saw that and like, okay, keep that ending, so now, so the joke became the ending because the executives didn't understand sarcasm, you know, so that's how... I mean, that's a great story, but at the same time, think about all the things that could be fixed if executives and focus groups weren't always had such a sway in a story. Because who understands the story better than the storyteller? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's my two cents on that. And, um, yeah. I think, though, and, and Soderbergh closed with that memento story to just be like, you know, there's still great film out there and there will always be great cinema. Um, and, and I think there will be um, <clears throat> because there, there's a lot of 
independent movies being made. In fact, I would almost argue too many independent movies are being made because everybody thinks they can make a movie. Yeah. Um, but usually the good ones rise to the top. Um, and thanks to online streaming and online recommendations, I think you can find what you're looking for pretty easily now. Yeah. And then help support those things. Um, so I'm happy people like Luke Laris exist to scourge the internet. <laughs> I thought that was you. Yeah, well, I search it for movies, but you tell me about things. I didn't know that much about Vimeo. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, people just make movies and post them there. Yeah, and, pretty much. Yeah, and it's way better than YouTube stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. So uh, that is segment one, and we'll come back with our first movie in our cartoon marathon. So okay. we'll see you then. I yes. like how uh, we uh, – we st- Talked about not talking about movies, and then we went all the way around. Okay, but to I, talk about I didn't movies. want to talk about particular movies. I want to talk about the state of cinema, still movies. and even art. Okay, yes, you win. All right, you win, Luke. We'll see you in second two. And we have the same crew here. Myself, Chris Berkheimer. Luke is here. No. Nope, he's not here. Actually, Luke's not going to be talking too much because he didn't see the movie. No, I so. And uh, Murad is here. Howdy. Howdy. (laughs) He's gone country. Um, Oh, my God. He's singing Alan Jackson. I don't even want to. Surprised you know that. We will not. (laughs) I told you that we're just going to go on a quick story here. My mom beat alan jackson into my poor little brain when i was a kid she was so obsessed with that album good if you're you, i want to start a support group for kids that had to listen to way too much bad country because their moms were obsessed How with alan jackson and george Strait. growing oh my god um i danced with my mother to alan jackson's chattahoochee on my wedding day Almost out of spite. <laughs> almost out. Of, it was partially to be fun and goofy, but almost out of spite of you made me. I know like every word to Chattahoochee, and I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate that song. Same with All Star, but that's only because when I was a kid, I thought All Star was an awesome song. Turns out I was dead wrong. <laughs> and since since we're on random subjects, before we even get started on our cartoon marathon, we forgot to mention something awesome that Murad has been present in our lives, yours and mine, lately. You don't know what I'm talking about? Nope. It's called Injustice Gods Among Us. Oh, yes. Yes. I've, if you have not played that game. Luke, have you played any of it with yes. me? Okay, yeah. yeah. we played a few times. Okay, we, yeah, that's right. We played a few times. Um... That is one of the coolest fighting games I've ever played. That is amazing. It's pretty awesome. In fact, as soon as we're done recording, I think we're going to play a little. I have a feeling. Yeah. Yes. That's a yes. Okay. That's a yes around the table. Um, so that, I man, I can't believe, for, I knew there was something else I wanted to bring up, and that was it. Um, yeah. It's a great game. And if you don't know yet, when you knock people out of the stages, if you knock people out of the stages in Arkham Asylum, you can see all the rogues ga- gallery of Batman's villains. And, and Scarecrow on the uh, yeah, side. Scarecrow on one side, and then like Killer Croc, Penguin, Riddler, Two Face on the other side. But Murad, I don't think you've seen this one yet. Did you know that Dark Side, Dark Seed, is in the game somewhere? Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman's villain that looks like Thanos from the Avengers. Yeah, really I'll show it to you. It's in. And people, if you've played the game, it's in the Hall of Justice on the inside. If you knock somebody out of the stage. You can. That's you, all the giants. You can go. Yes, but you have to be on the in, inside part. Okay. Yeah. We'll look at it later. Anyways, all that to say, great game. You should play it. Lots of lots of replay value too, because I discovered there's tons of missions I haven't even done yet. It's got a lot of stuff. Um. So, <clears throat> we are doing our cartoon movie marathon, and hopefully we. We'll wait a few days to release this one to give people a little more time uh, if they want to join us. But our first movie is G.I. Joe Retaliation in, I think, a six or seven movie marathon. Yeah. Um, six. Yeah. Actually, it's six. It's six. Okay. Yeah. And um, this was one that came out of my collection and it was made like in 2008, nine, somewhere in there. Um, and it's a G.I. Joe cartoon movie. And 
I'd been a while since I'd seen it, so Mirad and I sat down to watch it. And it's a lot of interconnected vignettes of um, Snake Eyes goes here, Duke and uh, what is it, Lady J, or which one is the uh, redhead? Scarlet. Duke and Scarlet go sure. one place. Yeah. I know some of the names because I was a big fan when I was a kid. Uh, Roadblock goes one place, Dripcord goes one place, and so they all interconnect and, of course, show up together to fight Cobra at the end. Um, now, funny enough, it was written by Warren Ellis, who wrote the Extremis Iron Man storyline. Um, but the script is by far not its strongest point, I don't think, except for some of the writing for the action scenes. And I already know this for a fact. I enjoy it more than Murad. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I don't dislike it, but I'm not a super fan, and, I guess. Yeah. Um, for me, though, it was it's just kind of the stuff I want from a G.I. Joe cartoon movie, which is kind of over the top. Because um, Mirad said, I don't like some of the voice acting, but some of the actors are really hamming it up. I actually like that. Because let's let's look at it. Their names are Snake Eyes and Scarlet and Roadblock and Ripcord. And, you know, <laughs> there's uh, there's one guy, I think it's Tunnel Rat. And he's like the G.I. Joe who's an expert with tunnels and stuff. That's amazing. Because um, if you watch the old show, there's some there's some characters that are like, oh, my expertise is skiing. I'm a snow skiing G.I. <laughs> Joe, you oh know? God. And like... So there's that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they just kind of go for broke with the corniness, but the action scenes is where it pays off. Because animation, I think, Murad, you have to give it this. There's nothing wrong with the animation in that movie. It's pretty sleek animation. It all looks good. I think it all looks good, and the action plays out well. Yes. Um, Once they start firing the guns, and it's, it's not... It's not your 80s kids cartoon show. What? You're laughing at something else? I'm laughing at the guns. What? The... Okay, it's the amount of bullets fired. Oh yeah, versus the amount of actual hits. That's the problem with every movie that's ever existed. It's it's hilarious in this one. But it feels though to me kind of like Call of Duty of like you got to do cover fire and like I don't know. It's like it's they're all standing out in the open and they're like ten feet away from each other. There are parts where everybody's in cover. (laughs) There are parts where everybody's in cover. I don't know. It's it's funny. It's not like. Oh my goodness, I can't watch this now because this is yeah. idiotic, but it's just, I like chuckled a few times. Yeah, at unintentional parts. Yes. And I want to say this, though, and this is something that I, there are three things I think I really want to hit hard when we talk about each one of these cartoon movies. First is the voice acting, which was hit or miss um, for this movie, I think. Mostly yeah. misses for Murad, I think. I mean, it's just yeah. It was just weird voices. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they're they're trying to do like Roadblock, who's played by The Rock in the newer movies. He's like, "Yo, I'm Roadblock, and I'm gonna blow everybody up," you know. It, but it I like sense. that. It makes sense with the movie. Yeah, it makes sense. It does. Yeah. Okay. Animation. We've already talked about yeah. sleek. Um, but another thing is length, because I think a lot of times when you're telling a simple cartoon story like this, you don't need to take as much time. Um, it depends on the movie and the story you're telling, but at this one they kept it nice and short. And I, um, I, I thought it was, I don't know, I guess weird when I first watched the movie was how quick it starts and how quick it ends. Yeah, you know, like it, there's no build up to the beginning. You see a lot of movies nowadays, and it's like no. a, it's like a slow build up. But in this one, it's we're getting we're getting going with this movie. We're just going to do it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and at the end, it's. You know, well, everything's done, so here's some credits. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I'm nothing wrong with it in this movie, in, no. in this case. Well, and something else I like in it is, um, you know, like you said, it starts with USS Flag, which I love that they have that in there. But it's like, Cobra attacked us. Okay, let's retaliate. All right, here we go. You know, like, go Joe. And But I do like that they split the characters up, and and that's where you get the character moments, I guess, because... The best one, I think you would agree with me, is Storm Shadow, or Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow's yes. story. Um, Snake Eyes goes to an island, and when he infiltrates the island, that's one of the coolest parts. Yeah. Uh, when he sneaks on, because he does all of his ninja stuff. He sets a trap, Luke, where um, there's a guy hanging. It's the best part. And he has, this is one of the best parts. There's a guy hanging, and when the, his buddies pull him down, they're like, where's his grenade belt? And it's tied to a, a like a dummy line. <laughs> so the grenade belt swings from this tree arch and just explodes yeah. in their face that's and blows amazing. them all. It was amazing. Um, and Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, I mean, they cut each other up in a sword fight. 
Um, I was getting annoyed with how much they went back to the past, to their past. I liked it. I mean, I feel like you could but, have made a movie just about those. So like, just cut those could. scenes out and put it together, and that would have been a, yeah. an actual whole storyline right there. Yeah. Well, and like I said, that's where you get the character moments. But I was getting annoyed, maybe not so much with that. But they kept referring to the seventh step <laughs> because they learned from their kung fu master six awesome steps of kung fu, right? But I just well, bumped actually, a bunch of stuff doing kung fu at the table. The, uh, what was the other guy? Snake Eyes and what was the other Storm guy? Shadow. Storm Shadow. Yeah. Thought Snake Eyes only was only knew. Yeah. Fist up. Was it the fifth? Okay. Yeah. So Snake he Eyes. Did. We find out Snake Eyes did learn the sixth. And step. seventh. And seventh. Okay, so he learned the last two, and Storm Shadow did not. But they kept, they just kept being like, he didn't teach you the sixth step or this, you know, they just keep saying that over and over. Um, but do you remember the part? There's one part that actually made its rounds on the internet where um, Snake Eyes gets stabbed through the hand, through his palm. Oh, yeah. That was pretty intense for a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was the part that felt the most like an anime. Um the point I didn't like about the the backstory was the um, the shooter. I like that the assassin. Yeah, yeah. There's an assassin character, Zartan. Yeah, and he comes back later. And yeah, because he he's like a mercenary that ends up working for Cobra a lot. Yeah, and he's in he's in the cartoon show and in the comics and stuff. I don't know. I just wasn't a fan of uh, it. I was like, well, I liked Duke um, and Scarlet go against him. That's like their boss battle. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty cool. He has like a grenade gun, and. Uh, Remember he's like he shoots like three rockets out of this cool pistol thing. You don't remember that at all. All right, whatever. It's, and he can uh, he, he has an invisibility cloak. So I thought that was cool. The storyline that I could have done without, even though you didn't need to cut anything out of it. Well, I mean, I'm just saying they could have done something better. Was rip cords, which no surprise, the part that was played by Wayne's brother was really annoying in this movie too. Rip cord goes up into well, the guy who does his voice acting is awful, no. and. He goes up into the atmosphere, kind of like in um, Star Trek, uh, the newer movie, because he has to disable the satellite, like, in atmosphere, like in this atmospheric suit or whatever. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the other guy. No. makes more sense now. Yeah. And that part was just kind of dumb, because he, like, he keeps talking about, like, oh, I can do this, I'm the best, and everything. And I was just like, please shut up. Please (laughs) please stop moving your mouth. Yeah. Okay. Well. (laughs) <laughs> They've got to make a bunch of weird quotes like that for all those six-year-olds to repeat all day long. Yeah, but I mean, this movie's not for six years old. Six well, years old, it's it, well, may, maybe ten. It first aired on Adult Swim. Oh wow, is where it first aired. Okay, um, I think it has PG thirteen rating. I mean, but I mean, wow. kids are going to see it. They understand it. It's a cartoon. Kids are going to watch it. Yeah, and I think that's going to be an overarching debate in these um, in this marathon. Is like, like, did you know in Japan this is just an interesting point for our cartoons in Japan. There's actually manga that's like only read by kids and it's like weird to see an adult reading, but then there's manga for adults. It's weird to see a kid reading like adults. Yeah. So there's a, there's door for children and then there's door for adults. in Japan. Well, kind of, but it's, it's just like saying there, there are comic books here in the States that pretty much just everybody reads, but there are comic books. Like when I go to half price books here in town, there's actually comics that are locked up, and it says mature on it. And they won't open unless you're an adult, and then you can buy one out of there. Um, and some of them, it, I mean, it is just weird, gross stuff and everything. But some of them are just stories, war stories, horror stories, you know, whatever. And, you know, some of them I look in there and I say I've read that or I've heard of that. Um, I mean, The Watchmen's a great example that, that everybody's heard of. That's an adult superhero tale um, that was the movie. Did you see the movie, Miriam? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we we have cartoons here in the states, but I think all three of us would agree. Pretty much, if it's cartoons, most people just think, "Well, it must be for kids." Is that? I kind of agree. I would. I would disagree. Why? Why do you agree, Luke? Well, because a lot of the, movie, the cartoon movies I've seen lately, like the superhero ones and yeah. all that, they're all for kids. And yeah. I've noticed a lot, and a lot of cartoon movies I've seen are for kids. Yeah. Are we talking cartoon movies or cartoons? Well, that's a good question because it's cartoons, I would disagree with cartoon movies. I would agree. But what's, I mean, what's the difference other than some of them are movies and some of them are TV shows? Okay. Well, if you're comparing like family guy, to yeah. other things, Cause, yeah. family guy is definitely for adults. Damn, family guy is for adults. But I think there are some movies out there 
that are made for adults that are cartoons. But mm-hmm. I, it's one thing to talk about comedies because it's clear there are some comedies or cartoons that f- are for adults. But when it comes to action, it seems like most people just have – they have no um, – no idea that there are some cartoon action movies that seem to really only be for adults. I, don't I would know of say, any. huh? I don't know of any. Well, I mean, there are some American-made. They're not as popular, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, but definitely anime. Um, oh. Some anime movies. I'm trying to think of anything adult that's a American-made cartoon that's like just an action movie. I mean, kind of this you could argue, but. No, I'm having a tough time. I'll work on that. Okay. Work on that. Well, back to GI Joe. Um, I think overall, I think it's pretty fun. It wasn't really as good as I remember, but it does stir a chord in me of just when I was a kid and I had a billion GI Joes. I mean, I still have a ton of them with my parents. Unfortunately, a lot of them are missing heads because I learned if you take a GI Joe doll and lay him the plastic ones, the small ones and lay them on the ground and hit them right square on the chest with a hammer, their heads will go flying out like at rocket speed. <laughs> um, so, That's amazing. yeah, I, um, I, I became pretty obsessed with that for about a, a week or two. And, uh, but then eventually I was like, wait, but now I can't put the head back in. <laughs> um, so, Murad, your overall consensus of the film? It's, it's a good film. You yeah. know, it's something that's, you know... I don't know. If you can't find a movie to watch, it's a good one to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't bother taking too much time to track it down, especially when the DC Direct movies, a lot of them I think are better, and a lot of those are on Netflix. Um, and also Marvel has some really good cartoon shows on Netflix and stuff. So um, overall, I wouldn't rank it that high other than – I just want to say this. G.I. Joe, for the most part, is a property that has never gotten its day for me um, – of just like this is a great G.I. Joe thing whether it be a show a movie because I think the movies are awful Um, they've tried to do some different TV shows they haven't been good so I guess for me this is the best effort but that doesn't necessarily make it a really awesome thing compared to other things Um, and I know Murad for example Murad's a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan as am I I don't know if they've ever fully gotten their day where there's just a property where I'm like this is what I always imagine and what I enjoy the most about the Ninja Turtles, you know? I mean, is there I like anyone? the 90s movies. Yeah, the like 90s the, movies. The first one was good. Yeah. The last one they made was Oh, naughty. the last one is so bad. <laughs> it's, it's bad. Yeah. Don't watch that one. Please. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that wraps up our first movie. Uh, you can keep watching with us. Our next movie is one that Mira and I both love and Luke hasn't seen. Secret of Nim. I have seen it. Oh, okay. That's yes. right. Luke has seen it. See, um, you, you remember I had that t- terrible opinion about it. Yes. Luke, Luke's pin- opinion right now I is a, sour, but a, it's been a while. I have a complicated opinion. Yes, he has a very... I, I, I like the... Well, we'll save it for the yeah, next episode. Yeah, so Secret of Nim, we'll, I think we'll go ahead and try and do on episode 17. Uh, we'll try and keep you posted on Twitter. But uh, we are going to talk about another cartoon movie in segment three, so we'll see you there. Bye. Bye. segment three um and this is our review of the brand new superman movie superman unbound um a timely release because uh what's it called man of steel right is coming out yeah and uh <clears throat> this is chris obviously we have luke here still hello of course murad is still here howdy and we've added jack bynum hello uh for our third segment because he did watch the movie with us yes it was, it was a good movie yeah um oh jack Already letting it out. Um, This, let me give a quick plot synopsis, and then we can just give our review. We'll do 15 minutes or so on it. Um, But it's based on a graphic novel uh, by Gary Frank, who did the art. And uh, I have read it, of course, because I had to read it before the movie came out. You all know me. And it's uh, a Brainiac story, and the artwork is amazing. And basically, it's Brainiac... Um, travels from world to world, 
um, capturing cities in tubes. And if you know the city of Kandor from uh, Superman, mm-hmm. which um, is the city in a bottle, basically, that Superman is always trying to figure out how to unshrink it. And so Brainiac blows up planets and goes to planet to planet. And so, of course, naturally, he's going to make his way towards Earth. But I think the good twist, I think all of us probably like this part of it, uh, it tied a lot into Krypton, the planet of Krypton. Mm-hmm. Did everybody like that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think it was a, a cool thing because um, you get some of Superman's past without really forcing the issue because it makes sense that Brainiac yeah. had been to Krypton. And you almost, um, you almost get it indirectly. Yeah. And I'm just going to go ahead and start off with one of the things I really liked. Um, overall, I did enjoy this. I wouldn't say love is a strong word, so we're not going near that. Um, but one of my favorite things was in this one, um, sometimes a Superman movie can get a little stale because you just have Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. This had Supergirl. And yep. I think it was the best portrayal of Supergirl I've seen in just about anything, uh, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So... I, I, yeah. thought, I thought it was interesting because, again, like I said a second ago, you saw a lot of Superman's path, but not through his own experiences or right. his own eyes. You saw it through Supergirl's. It's the history of Krypton, and Supergirl, yeah, was there. Which, if you don't know, Supergirl um, is his teenage cousin um, that has been a teenager for years and years because he arrived at Earth first and so grew up. There's a whole thing about a wormhole. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. All that matters is that uh, she's his teenage cousin that remembers her time on Krypton. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but what I liked about her is you have this plot going on with Brainiac, but she is very aggressive and is like, we're fighting bad guys, right? Well, I'm going to beat the crap out of them and go. She polices the world, kind yeah, of. Yes. Yeah. Not just Metropolis. She even goes to um, North Korea. That yeah, she awesome. goes to North Korea at one point. Um so what did you guys – I mean, I, I think overall, we've never really put any sort of number rating or anything. But overall, I I give this a pretty favorable review. Um, I had some some problems. Um, actually, on, on the con side, Lois Lane, uh, I she was nails on a chalkboard for me in this movie. Really? Very right. annoying, and her dialogue was awful. Yeah. Some yeah. of her lines sucked. Murad agrees. When, yeah, she was just – it was just weird. I can't really yeah. put a – Another worry to is she seems like nothing I've seen Lois Lane portrayed as. Yeah, well, they they took away all of her heart and just made her like I'm the crack reporter and like yeah. I'm not afraid of danger, or whatever, and I'm mad at Superman. She's mad at everything. Yeah, she was yeah. Too, yeah. she was too spunky. Yeah, like, uh, sort of a word. Well, but not likable spunky. Like yeah. no, Supergirl's no. a teenager, so it makes sense. Yeah, and she's spunky and she's got superpowers. Lois Lane's just a reporter who. You know, who's a grown woman? Yeah, who's a grown right. woman? We should know better. Um, so, <clears throat> what about you guys? I mean, Luke, yeah, do you you like it? I liked the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really um, see. Uh, I really liked the villain. I can relate very well to that. To Rainy, yes, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Murad, favorable review, middle of the road. It was. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, it'd probably be a long time if I before yeah. I watch it again. Yeah, you know, but it was it's something I enjoyed watching. Yeah, but and Jack, I think uh, maybe enjoyed it the most. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed it, but compared to other movies that I've seen by the like Marvel animation, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't as dramatic i think some maybe it was a little well let's put it this way it's no batman story yeah it's no batman it's story. no batman story that i mean I, I think the villain was ingenious because it's a very underused villain yeah um i was telling you guys um had any of you none of you had heard of brainiac before or maybe heard the name i had heard of him i, I didn't know exactly what yeah, I didn't, yeah i'm about the same yeah i've then, heard the name before but... okay but luke i don't think you knew anything no. about brainiac um, I wish I did. Yeah, he's a great villain. He is. Um, and he does not show up in hardly anything other than the comics. Interesting. Um, and they've they've done different versions of him, too, which I kind of like. And they, they expanded on that in the comic. Um, but I'm glad they cut some stuff out for the movie. Um, I, I remember there was, uh, I think there was a special a couple of years ago where it was like the Justice League. And Brainiac was like one of the villains. And he was like a kid in like this chair that had this massive brain. They have done that before. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think this was a bit more darker, a bit more... This was menacing. Yeah, this um, was... He, a, he in had, fact, uh, yeah. did anybody else draw this parallel? He looks like the Martian Manhunter. Yes, he bigger. does. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, I kind of saw him as um, the green guy from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yes, that's he looks I first... a little like a Dragon Ball Z villain. Oh, what, what's his name? 
Um, I, I'm oh, not a Dragon Ball Z fan. Oh, no, I know this. Um, it's the P, right? We might have to. Oh. Okay, we'll food. just skip yes. this. <laughs> we might have to post, though I've shown some of you my Dragon Ball Z impression, but it won't translate. Um, unless you see what I'm doing, yeah, but we yeah. might have to post that on our Twitter. It's like it's like um, Piccolo or something. Piccolo, Piccolo, His name is Piccolo. Yeah. I'm surprised I knew that. Anyways, um, back to the movie. the The first act, I was a little worried. We were all talking about there's a gun battle going on, and mm-hmm. they do the cliche thing of everybody misses. And, yeah, you know, yeah. and you're just kind of like whatever. But then Supergirl shows up, and okay, there's. First, Supergirl, like, does the opening fight with them. Then Superman shows up and does one really cool thing. But I'm like, so far, I'm, I think Superman is outclassed by Supergirl in this movie. And I didn't feel that throughout the whole thing. But I think I was more interested in her as a character. Yeah. Well, see, I, I thought the whole movie was more of a story about her than it was about Superman. Yeah, yeah kind of. I, th- I think it was even. Mm. Um, no, I think it was more about her. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Okay. Just mainly because, it, especially in the back half of the movie, it directly related to it's like true. her past, and it it is um uh it relates more to her story because we see her parents um and how they're involved in the backstory of Krypton and mm-hmm. the city of Kandor being captured um and all that. And I I don't want to go too deep into spoiler stuff, but um just before we get into some of the other details, I want to say um. Maybe the best way to check out this movie, I think you guys would agree, is I bet you can rent it on like the Amazon store or something. So oh, if yeah. you're real excited for Man of Steel, oh, yeah. give it a rental, maybe. I paid ten bucks for it at Best Buy. Um yeah, so, so I don't feel about, bad about paying no. that. Because if I watch it again, then it's pretty much covers the cost. Pretty much. Um, refrigerator. Yes, my refrigerator's making noise. I'm sorry, Luke. <laughs> Is there something I can do to accommodate you? Better? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna obsess over this for hours I, while editing. Yes. Um, well, <clears throat> I just want to say too, um, the villain of Brainiac. We haven't gotten too much into that as far as um, he's got these robots that show up, and I think we all really liked the battle scene mm-hmm. on another planet, mm-hmm. some unknown planet, mm-hmm. and we were saying yeah. it kind of reminded us of uh, Episode One. And there's actually some Terminator. Terminator. <laughs> there's nod to the Matrix, and I think those are all intentional. So I appreciated them. Yeah, well, episode um, one of Star Wars, by the way. Yeah, Star Wars everybody. episode one. Yeah, I think most people know the shorthand, though. If you oh, okay. watch, if you yeah. watch episode six, or if you if you watch the whole thing at the very end, there's like an episode. There six, is kind like, of an episode. Dura- I mean, like, yeah. it's uh, I called it like 25 <laughs> seconds in advance. Well, like, thank you, Jack. You're welcome, Star Wars expert. Yeah, what would we do God. without you? <laughs> um, but did you guys like the robot minions I did. in there? Yeah, I think Luke really did. Yeah, those were amazing. Um, I liked them. I will say I wasn't a fan of Brainiac, though. Brainiac himself? Yes. Oh, why not? I don't know. It's, it's more the ending. was yeah. kind of was, I mean, something that small can take that, take him down. How he's defeated. Yeah, because he is a guy who destroys planets and... Absorbs their knowledge. Absorbs their knowledge, so it is kind of funny how he gets taken out. And so, mm-hmm. I think, spoiler alert, we're going to get into that a little, because Brainiac is looking for basically the knowledge of every place he can find yes. in the universe. And Superman basically figures him out, and we were talking about, this is almost like an allegory for a computer nerd. Exactly. Because Superman figures out, hey, Brainiac, you never leave your ship. I'm going to throw you outside into a swamp and fight you there, and you're going to freak out about having mud on you and hearing noises of cars and children and stuff. So we were laughing at Luke earlier, and I said, I opened with this line, Luke, this is not a shot at you, but I think, Brainiac, you could apply the a picture of a computer nerd who's like, <laughs> yes. outside, sunlight, yeah. mud, oh God, yep. <laughs> my skin, yep. I've got hives. Um, but it was, I I think Jack and I both liked that part. Yeah, that was, that was actually yeah. pretty funny. But yeah, I think I Mirad felt like he was too weak. You no, know, it's, I mean, he, my thing was he, how he, how that makes him blow up. I mean, I think if, yeah. if they would have made him weak from that, that would have been fine. And Superman beats him up yeah. after that. But I, the movie made me feel like mud made him blow up. No. In the simplest form, is mud made My of blow weakness up. is mud. Well, okay, but you think about Green Lantern's weakness is yellow. 
and yeah. Martian Manhunter's weakness is fire. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's almost not too out of the realm of possibility. I understand that that's kind of dumb, but I like the idea of Brainiac has spent supposedly thousands of years. Centuries. He said centuries. Centuries yeah. in his ship collecting all this knowledge. And if he hasn't been exposed to an environment like Earth where there's bacteria. and Because there's a point where he looks at his hand and it's covered in mud. And Superman's like, look at all the bacteria and insects and everything living inside that mud. And Brainiac's like, my brain. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I like that. I like I the like fact that. that he freaks out. Yeah. You know, I think he should have gone. like a, He's freaking out. And now it's kind of like Superman with the red sun. Kind of that sort of aspect, yeah, yeah. To where Brainiac kind of loses his powers, type thing, and he, right. he gets a sickness, and Superman comes in and finishes the job instead of, yeah, you know, mud blowing him up. You were waiting for Superman to just do the final blow. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, I understand that. I, I kind of drew a direct parallelism. I don't know. I don't hate me for saying this, but I'm, uh, you've seen the fourth Indiana Jones movie, right? What? Fourth Indiana. There's a there's a fourth one. It's not that good. It's with Shia LaBeouf. I've I never mean, even heard of this. Anyway, because <laughs> anyway, I refuse to acknowledge at, it exists. <laughs> Go ahead. At no. the very end, there's a part where, like, they discover the alien it's temple aliens, or whatever. It's dumb. It's aliens. Anyway, yes. The, the Nazi or like the Russian girl goes, "I want to know everything," and like she says, and like her brain becomes oh, so full. It's of overload. Everything. Yeah, information overload. overload. Yeah, and I actually to almost tie that back to a spiritual aspect. It's almost like the knowledge of good and evil. Like it's yeah. like it's like I want to know what God knows. It's impossible. Like you yeah. know, I, I there's a lot of symbolism to be drawn from it. Before we get too deep, I think Luke had something to say before you did that. Sorry. <laughs> well, okay, I really didn't not like the fact that uh, he blew up. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Though the the little cube he left at the end there that was interesting. That was kind of ambiguous, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that until you mentioned that. Uh, I do want to say something I think Luke and I liked, and I'm curious to see what everybody else thinks. Brainiac's ship is like a skull, yes, shaped like a skull. Did y'all like that? Because I, I loved it. I thought it, it was it was cool, but it was kind of it was kind of weird. I like just the upfront. I like the use of color in this movie, and and this comes from the comic book, but but also just shape and color. That everything with Brainiac is purple and black and dark, and it's just analytical. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's the meanest parts of a computer. It's HAL 9000 from 2001, yeah. if you know that reference. Yeah. And so you have that, and then the Earth, There, you notice there's a lot of color on Earth, a lot of color in Kandor, um, and like when Superman, spoiler alert, there's a part where Superman goes to Kandor, and he sits down for a meal with some people, and there's like all this different colors of foods and stuff. Um, but, but also with that... Um, I think something that translated well is just um, you have Brainiac. He has kind of like a fake skin that he wants to try and use to make himself perfect or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I think he's trying to replicate life, but he can't get real life. Uh-huh. And, and I was even going to make this um, one of my favorite speeches in any movies in Goodwill Hunting, which I don't know, Luke, you probably haven't seen that. Jack, I haven't seen I mean, it. okay, nobody's seen it. Um, well, there's a great moment where. Matt Damon is a super smart kid, but he hasn't lived a lot of life, right? Yeah. And so he keeps putting down different psychologists that try to analyze him, whatever, and Robin Williams ends up being one. Long story short, um, he really puts down Robin Williams, but then Robin Williams comes back with, like, sure, you have all this head knowledge, you're well-read, and you remember everything you read, but he's like, I bet you've never been on an airplane. I bet you've never, I bet you can't tell me what the inside of the Sistine Chapel smells like. I bet you can't tell me what it's like to wake up to the person next to you to uh, that you love because like robin williams you know has been married in this movie and so he just gives this great speech about there's a difference between knowing what life is and actually having lived it walking mm-hmm. down what is it in the matrix there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path exactly. yes um and i think they i think in a very natural way put that in this movie oh, with yeah. brainiac and so oh, yeah. i appreciated that um and it seemed like it was going to be a little kiddish, but by the end, there were so many action scenes and people dying in fairly violent ways. That, yes, that it was it was pretty cool. Quite, um, a, quite a number of blood splatters. There was some blood splatter. There's a part where Superman bleeds, and that's yeah. always yeah. that's always shocking. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, there are two parts actually. There's a part where he punched the ground in on. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. And then the part where he's. His, getting, getting his once again savior moment. Yeah, he's always it, Superman is always a Christ metaphor. Pretty much, he can't help but be a Christ metaphor. Yes, yeah. um, yeah, that's totally what they based him on. 
So uh, I think overall, we would say if you have time, watch this one. It's not yeah. necessary yeah. viewing. Um, no. But it's a fun one. Um, I like good. some of these DC Direct movies, and it fits into our animation dis- discussion. I think we all like the voice acting. That was one thing yeah, I wanted to do. That was one thing I liked. Um, it was pretty the good. The voice maybe for uh, Superman for Clark Kent was a bit dry. Yeah. He was but a but he didn't, again, he didn't have a lot of emotional uh, lines because the movie wasn't centered around him completely. It was more centered around the girl. Yeah. Whoever, Whoever did, did the voice of Supergirl, Supergirl was good. was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well. I think we can wrap it up here. Yeah. <laughs> Jack's looking for someone to back him up, I think. Uh, <laughs> it was okay. I agree. Uh, Mirad agrees. <laughs> Thanks, Mirad. A um, c- couple decent laughs in the movie, too. And, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I still like, oh, one thing I want to bring up, because Jack was asking about it in the comic. So, spoilers for the comic. Um, there's a bigger plot line in the comic with Pa Kent, with Superman's oh. atop- adopted father. And that's maybe that's why I felt like it was more of a Superman story because in that you get a lot more of Superman, like saying there, there's a few lines in the movie about this, but um, Superman just being like, "This is my home." Uh, Krypton was, you know, that's Supergirl's home. Yeah. My home is Earth, and so at the end of the comic, actually Brainiac knows so much about Superman that he finds out where Mon Pa can't live and actually just like sends a missile towards their house and it gets super close and Superman of course saves them because he's Superman. He can do all those things. But what's great in it is actually that coming so close gives Pawkin a heart attack and he has a heart attack oh. and dies. Oh wow, um, that's pretty good. Yeah, and it was a great ending to that comic. And the comic is is much darker. Um, oh yeah. I can just imagine. in tone, but I mean in in literal Brainiac ship and everything, everything's more shrouded in mystery and Supergirl is terrified of Brainiac in the comic, where really? she's scared of him in the movie, but in the comic she's absolutely terrified because he's the living boogeyman to her that yeah. showed up on her planet and kidnapped a whole city and disappeared, right? And killed in a skull ship, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Um so it was it was a pretty cool ending in the yeah, comic. It was. I think, yeah. <laughs> Luke likes it when a character dies. Yes, I do. <laughs> He like he's a big Joss Whedon fan. Joss Whedon guns don't kill people. Joss yes. Whedon kills people. Yes. <laughs> um, right. So that wraps up the Superman Unbound discussion and episode sixteen of the Created Listening podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Created Listen and uh, at Luke Laris. Yep. And um, watch our cartoon movie marathon. We're really trying to get people involved yeah. in this and tweet us about it. So we will be talking at you next time see you then (laughs) bye bye i feel bad no one else plugged in their twitter handle